Welcome back, Grizz Nation, to another episode of the Longview Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and this is a podcast on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network alongside GBB Live, the 3ND Podcast, and the Starting Five Podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network right there. And Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog under SB Nation. You can find it on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Again, I'm your host, Parker Fleming. And honestly, if if I was uh, by myself or had like a regular occurring guest or talk about something different, I would be probably monologuing for like 10 minutes on that John Morant masterclass last night. 52 points, only missed seven shots. And only went to the line seven times, just absolutely nuts. But my guest actually wrote a really cool Substack on him. He is also a contributor for SB Nations, the Dream Shake, which is the blog for the Houston Rockets. Again, he has a Substack. Make sure you're. I'll be plugging that in later in the show. But it's Zach Allen, Zach, what's up, man? How's it going? Oh, good, bro. You know what's funny? I ain't read my Substack. In like two weeks, and I feel so bad. I was like, yeah, I didn't do my stuff that like that. I, I didn't get back to doing it again. But yeah, uh, I read the subject of John Morant, man. It was Chris Paul and Jaw. Man, Jaws has been really special this this year. Like, I was kind of, I was, I was about to be bummed out early in the season when I found out he had a knee injury or ankle injury. And I was like, oh shit, he's gonna be out another year, bro. I was like, no. But the good thing is, is man, I love Jaw. I love his game. I love his athleticism. I recognize who he was at New State, and I knew who Memphis was getting. It's like it's like it's like basically a revival of of, of Derrick Rose again, a young Derrick Rose. But I just feel like this guy is a future champion. So um, man, I got a good one in Memphis for sure. No, we're we're all static. I mean, this dude is getting comped to like the greats. I mean, he got stamped by AI, which I gotta ask. Getting stamped by AI has to be like top five, like coolest stamps, right? Yeah, has man. to, because he has yeah, the like, cool factor to him, good as hell. And he was like at his peak when I was getting into basketball and stuff, and just he had that same effect as Jaw. Like going into opposing arenas, everyone's just like all in on AI. Everybody's like that on Jaw, and I, I can't believe that uh, they they have like a AI or really just superstar in general. It's really cool to see so far. You know, it's funny. He's AI stamps a lot of players in the NBA, but he stamps the best ones. Like he loves Jason Tatum. He loves him the most. And you know, getting stamped by him at the point composition is special, right? Um, but here's my take, bro. Like when y'all have Mike Conley, Rudy Gay, uh, Marcus Saul, um, you know, that lineup, if you yeah, man, but to be realistic with you, dude, um, I just – I didn't really think I could win a championship with that, with that team, but I think with this team you have now with Desmond Bain, of course, and, of course, I think you're getting another draft pick this year as well. And, of course, you know, you get – you can also – you're getting Dylan Brooks back too. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Dylan Brooks is going to serve his purpose off the bench and be even better for next year, right? Or Zaire Williams, he's pretty good fit in that line if y'all have there too. So – you know, I, I just think y'all can win a championship with the team you have there. See, the Adams is just a perfect fit. But then this rumor, man, like y'all possibly get Mike, y'all possibly get Mike Bridges in Memphis next year. I think y'all possibly will get 
his time in Charlotte was a wrap. So I think, you know, he'll be looking to come to Memphis. Man, I, I didn't I haven't seen the you mean wait, did you see Mikhail or Miles? Because Mikhail got locked up. Mikhail, Mikhail, uh Michigan State guy. Oh no, Miles. That's Miles. I, I get them too confused. Yeah, but Miles, right? Miles would be sick. I know John Hollinger's mentioned that one. That would be, be sick. But but Zach, did you get a chance to watch uh, last night's game? No, I can't I can't stream, but really I watch his morning replays. You know, you go to YouTube, you watch the whole NBA thing over and over. I was keeping up with it because, you know, it's funny. Y'all mm-hmm. Morant was on my DraftKings last night. Got me six <laughs> Damn. Got me six three points. So I was like, this guy's snapping. And then you find out he's averaging 40 points within five games. Five games come back from also break, dude. Five games, he's averaging 40 points. Like, this has got to be, you know, putting him in the MVP competition even more now, right? Like, can you move him to the third spot now? Like, I mean, I think he's having a better season than, you know, than Nikolai Jokic. Nikolai's having a great season, what he's doing in Denver. And, of course, you can't ignore John B, what he's doing in, in, in Philly. He's having monster games. But, man, it's going to be a, a nasty, nasty, you know, competition for MVP. So, I would love to see Jaw get it. But uh, I, I think Jaw will probably get it next year. You know how NBA politics works. It works like that. NBA, NBA politics. politics, yeah. We'll There's so many good candidates this year. I mean, you have you mentioned Jokic, uh, Joel Embiid, Giannis. Mm-hmm. Even though mm-hmm. people are gonna probably get photos fatigue on Giannis, you have Ja, you have DeRozan, yeah, and even even like Luca is making a little bit of a charge. Yeah, There's just a lot of dudes out there playing at a high level. And I so I read this post from the Ringer today, and um, Ja since Christmas is averaging 36.6 rebounds and six assists while shooting 50% from the field, or at least 50% from the field. The only person that's ever done that for an entire season is Michael Jordan. Just some insane stuff, man. Yeah, but him and DeMar DeRozan are just, I mean, it was me, right? Like, if it's the guards, it's true, who are really competing really well. DeMar DeRozan caught me. I think he caught all of us by surprise at how good he's doing in Chicago, right? He mm-hmm. was okay in San Antonio. He was even better than Toronto, but I think he's a better player in Chicago. John Morant, it's not much of a surprise, but because John was coming from the last two years, man, but the way he's jumping up, and he can shoot the ball from three. He's the best, but he's not afraid to shoot it when he's open. Uh, you know, but nobody can stop him from getting to the lane, right? And definitely he gets most of his points in transition, right? Like, last time I did it, he's like, what, in the 90, 80% time in transition? So, I mean, that's incredible. The dude mm-hmm. is an athlete. He's fast back and forth. So, I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't spark me at all. Yeah. that all, It also taught that his athleticism and his burst also just tie into, and his, his transition offense too, it ties into his points in the paint. Last night, so yeah, last night he had 54 points in 34 minutes. And in this same post from Dan Devine, just sensational post, the only players to score as many points in just as in so few minutes, Larry Bird, Kobe, George Gervin, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Carvalone, T Mac, and Clay. Like that's some top tier stuff right there. And then Last night, he also scored 34 points in the paint. I know everyone keep, keeps pointing out 
how he leads the league in points in the paint as a six-three guard. He doubled like so his average is 16. He had double the amount of points of that last night. Like he like the points he scored in the paint is like what would be a good game, a great game for a lot of players. So Zach, Zach, I know you touched on it a lot in your in your sub stack. Just how is Ja just so good and crafty and masterful at scoring at the paint, even at his size? Because it's not like he's one of these like, like because he gets the Westbrook comp a lot, but Westbrook also has just like this insane build of like he's still like six three two twenty. Ja's six. Two six three, and he's a a buck eighty five on a good day. You know, actually, you know, a crazy story. The other a uh, couple of weeks ago, he was coming out of a media room, and you know, a media member, you know, jokingly was like, "Oh, like, what? What's your like weight difference or muscle difference between like your rookie year and your soft or your and now?" Just because like he saw a picture from his rookie year, Josh said he came into the league at like 150, 160. And so like he's doing this at his size, 6'2", 6'3", about 180, slight frame. But, Zach, just what is it about Jaws' game that makes him so good at scoring in the paint? You know, I'm making an interesting last year I asked the question, but I asked the question, uh, asked the question to Coach Silas about what's the best way to stop, you know, uh, Jaw in the paint when he was in Memphis. And uh, he mentioned, like, he didn't want to give his game plan when he talked about that. But he mentioned, like, his goal was to build a wall in the paint. And there's so many teams that build a wall in the paint and you can't get through it because you got to get credit to Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark and Stephen Adams, man, because, man, he has some big boys that screens for him. He's able to get inside that paint. He's able to use it, that first step or quickness just to zigzag around that drop guy and drop coverage and get to the rim using that first step to just, just, just explode or gather from, like, maybe a few steps above the free throw line, right? The white line, the chalk line, he's able to gather right in time, use that first step and explode to the basket, even go to the free throw line or even just get or use the explosion just to get to the rim. And, you know, it's just our athleticism, right? So you got to credit to that. And the Russell Westbrook thing, yeah, I, 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 they are similar, but I think Jaws is a much smarter player than Russ. And I think he'll have a better career than Russ by far. Um, it's, no, it's, no, it's no knock on Russ, right? You can't demolish what he's doing in the NBA, 75th. Best player all the time. He's leading to the doubles, but I didn't think Jaw will be better than him, right? I think Jaw. I think if Derrick Rose was still playing, I think he'd be at his, as at his prime level. He'd be better than you know. He'd be better than uh, Russell Westbrook. But uh, you know, um, man, you gotta give credit to Jaw, man. His explosion with that first leg and knowing when to take off, right? Because he gets so high in the air, and I, I'd be so. I'm I'm really scared for him because man, you can only jump so high like there's so many times throughout your career where that does a lot to your knees and it's just like it's kind of scary right mm-hmm. so I think it's a mission he practices landing right he practices landing on his on his leg and his feet and knowing how to basically you know land properly and there's sometimes where he just falls abruptly and then nastier and I hate seeing that for him so uh, my biggest opinion on that is for him just to be careful man you know uh Try to get into the mid-range game more. Use that. I mean, get to the rim if you get to the rim, right? It's always good. You can do that. Great. You can do that. But use the mid-range more because I want to see him last for everything. But like I said, I tweeted, like, I want Dom Rent to last for everything, right? No, he, he is literally a special talent. I honestly think, like, with his, like when it comes to, like, his landing and stuff, he has to have this just insane core strength or insane flexibility for him to – 
do what he does and just be totally fine. Uh, he has kind of, like you said, he's added that mid-range game so well. Where I, This year, I'm looking at cleaning the glass right now. And it's not much when you look at it, like his all his mid-range shots. This, this season's his highest frequency of mid-range shots at 38%. Um, he's dialed back his number of three-point attempts from last year, but I, he's more accurate than he was last season. But he's he's just finding – Finding more, like, not, I'm not trying to say find more of a waste, but just like you can notice more of his comfort level attacking in the mid range, attacking from three. I mean, he's, he's hit, he's not just like just shooting like catch and shoot stance, still threes, or a team goes significantly under a screen to give him an opening, just kind of sit there all day. Because last year, in a little bit of his rookie season, he would kind of hesitate at those pull up looks for three. Now he's not hesitating. He looks more comfortable. He's getting even more comfortable navigating through pick and rolls. And it just kind of, like I know you said that he's not Russ, but I think the thing that's so special and unique about his game is you can find different elements of like these great point guards from the past, um, from the past decade, find those elements of Russ, those elements of uh, prime John Wall and prime Derrick Rose. You can find elements of like Chris Paul or even peak Rondo. Um, I, I think it was a, or AI. I know it was Kendrick Perkins who said like his Jaw's rookie seasons. Like, yeah, Jaw has this of this player, this of that player, this of that player, and you watch this game and you're like, like, yeah, he he has a point, and it kind of it's, it's what makes Jaw Jaw. It kind of is it's almost what makes him close to being just one of one. Like, there's not a lot of players that we've seen that are doing all this different stuff. Come like in a package, pretty much. It's just really cool to watch, especially as he continues to evolve his game. Yeah, man, Jaw is a special player, and uh, I mean, it's like when you try to defend him in pick and roll, and of course, we mentioned the point set a lot, right? X's and O's, and you know basketball. Come on, we all, we both know basketball pretty well. Um, mm. But when you blitz him at the pick and roll, it sucks ass because you got to defend. You got to defend Brandon Clark and Jaren Jackson just slipping that pick. And get the basket right, and mm-hmm. they did it so well. Was able to they able to catch and finish on the run, and of course use their skill to get to the rim, right? So it sucks when you're a defensive mindset coach. Like, how am I going to defend this every day? Like, like I can't. You know, he's just a great player, right? You get hope over the years, and, he's, and when the athleticism runs out, which I doubt that it's ever going to happen, right? If he, you know, because he was working on his body before the NBA, right? He would, you know, he's outside and. In the, um, in the in the middle of the night, working on his body, right? Doing uh, rope, um, what, is it, what is it called? But basically it's a workout where you're, you know, you're extending up and down. And he's, I know he's, what you're talking about, the, the Mike Schmitz video, right? Yeah, 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 that crap. So he's doing that over and over, man. And so the more you do, do that, the more he prepared his body for the NBA, man. I just want to see John Morant be great in the playoffs. Um, it's going to be fun watching him in the playoffs. And it was funny, man. I'm so I'm so ready. I'm so tired of, of the regular season, bro. I'm ready for playoffs, man. It's like March Madness. I'm ready for that crap, too. I can't I can't stand on Rick. I'm just tired. Definitely because my team sucks, ass, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. hey, is there anything else you want to say about John, or do we want to get right into your team? Uh... He's a great player. <laughs> he, he's awesome. Uh, 
Yeah, man. Uh, hopefully, I get to finally meet him one day. I hope I get. I know, I'm pretty sure you met him a couple of times. This is media stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's a cool guy, man. He, he bro, I'm a, I'm old, man. So I'm 27. So all them cats and babies like Jalen and Jaw, like I don't know what year they're in. Like they're babies, bro. So it's like, uh, but um, yeah, I hope we get to meet him one day. Hopefully, shake his hand. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. He's also just a, a cool face to the franchise. Not only is he super marketable guy, he's also just like humble. You know, he he always tries to hype up his teammates. It's really cool, and it's really helped build this culture that the Grizzlies are he's are building. Get Miles Bridges, bro. If he can trust my, if he can trust Miles Bridges, it's a wrap. Oh, it's a, <laughs> y'all can win a championship with that court, and it's easy with the coach y'all building Memphis. You have a championship team there, and a perfect coach. A great, a great coach and a great team. Like everybody plays hard and plays smart, right? Like, like Devin Bain, man. Like the way I told you earlier, the way he had, he had a huge lead. So mm-hmm. credit to him. Everybody will get better and better. Dylan Brooks, I know he's ready to come back. He's hungrier. Um, you need him for the playoffs. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they'll put, put him back in the starting lineup and put Zaire back on the bench, where I think Dylan will exceed. If not, mm-hmm. like. He could be a six man, so it doesn't really matter. Then I'll see whatever role he's in. I, that, that's how I feel for sure. I know it, it's gonna be very interesting to see. Um, you know, we've talked about people have talked about it on Twitter, people have talked about it in podcasts, stuff like that, just because I think people mistake his uh shot volume for his willingness to defer. Where I think it was mainly he took a lot of shots because he needed to. So I'm very interested to see, like, now that he doesn't have to take all these shots how mm-hmm. how that goes like i i can see him being a kind of guy where it's like it's like yeah i'm cool with coming off the bench all good but also like that sounds great in practice but what are you going to do in a playoff series where you're facing luka doncic or devin booker or steph curry and you need to have that guy guarding those guys in a seven game series you want Dylan Brooks starting and playing as many minutes as possible. Yeah, I mean, he can still come off the bench and still get 30 minutes. I've seen it happen in hits with Eric Gordon, right? Yeah. So that's not on the bench or not. I mean, yeah, you want the head start. That's cool, right? But, I mean, you know, you want him out there. But as long as you're giving Dylan Brooks 30, 28, 30-plus 30 minutes in the playoffs, he's good to go, right? He's definitely uh, a guy that needs to play 30. But I, I really like that uh, the EG comp. That was a really good one, yeah. Eric Gordon comp. So. I want to I want to ask you a little bit about the Rockets. Just you know, we're division rivals. Uh, they play each other on Sunday as we're recording this podcast, about five days away. And just we'll, we'll st- I know you're you're down on your, your team a little bit because they're they're not that good right now. But what have you okay. liked from this rebuild so far? I mean, they have a lot of they have a, they have a lot of great flashes, man. I, after we get the rebuild, I hope we're like the Memphis Grizzlies. That's that's what we're trying to be like. We're trying to be like the Memphis Grizzlies or the Cleveland or the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's our that's our mindset right there, right? With Jalen and Kevin, of course, uh, Deshaun. Like I said, they all have flashes. Deshaun Tate has gotten extremely better this year, which is good for the future if he's still here. Um, Jalen Green, I'm looking for more consistency, right? He took 17 shots last game, made four. I'm happy about that. But in situations like that, I got him to get to the free throw line a lot more, right? Because there's, there's great players like Steph, James, uh, someone guys who shoot six for 30 or six for 22 
but have still finished with 22, 23 points because they got to the free throw line a lot, right? So that's his biggest thing. Get to the free throw. Having knowing what the knowing when to add the free throws into a bad game and knowing when to combine all that in one. And there, I want to see more consistency from him in that aspect. Kevin, he's shown flashes where he could be a good point guard. Um, there's games where he's hot, there's games when he's cold, right? Jalen and Kevin have a similarity in that aspect. I want them to next season ever and could build that consistency. Um, Alperin Sangoon, he's gotten better every game. I'm pretty sure he'll be better for next year as well. Uh, but the, my biggest ask, do you want Christian Wood? I'll give him to you for a stick. For what? For a sig? <laughs> I'll give him for your stick. I will trade you for sticks. Like, <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I, I see that. I see the Christian Wood discourse is a little something. But I, I got to ask about this discourse because, you know, you mentioned you want the consistency and stuff from Jalen Green. Just what are these conversations around Houston about Jalen Green, especially since – and, like, I don't want to play recency bias or anything. I mean, I have – I had Jalen Green number two on my big board. I still think he's going to be an awesome player. Yeah, I believe in him being a go-to scorer. But, you know, you had this success from Evan Mobley, which is also tied into the success of the Cleveland Cavaliers in a strong way. Like, what, what's the conversation around um, the Rockets' sphere things, whether you want to talk about it from a media standpoint or a fan standpoint or even your standpoint? about the Jalen Green versus Evan Mobley debate? You know, you know, I'm okay. I'm glad we drafted Jalen. I don't think twice about it, but I think everybody's freaking out. Yeah, he's not having the best season, bro, but he's showing flashback. Bro. Like I said, he could, like, he could be great. Like, he's had 23, 32-point games. It's one thing if he's been, you know, shitty the whole year, but he's like, oh, or he's averaging 10 points a game. He's never seen over 20, or he's only seen 20 a couple of times. Like, um, you know, but uh, Jalen had, you know, very, very good games, man. I mean, he scored, I think, 30 twice, over 30 plus, I think. Yeah, I think he's got over twice. Yeah, very good. Cool. He got over twice. Christian hasn't got over twice yet. <laughs> he only did once. But, uh, dude, like, everybody's really behind Jalen, man. Like, everybody here, the fans are behind him. The media is behind him. The, 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 the system in place, the coaching brass is behind him. It's just going to take time with him, man. Like, he's still trying to find his niche and role. And this game where he gets it, this game where he's got to learn. It's a learning process for him, man. And I think he's thinking too hard. Of course, all these rookie like, friends, Scotty, uh, Evan, you know, uh, even Cade, and, um, you know, AO, they're having incredible seasons because they're finding a niche. They're, they're comfortable. They know what they're doing. They know how to do the role the best. Where I just think Coach Silas is trying to ease Jalen into the system more, right? But if it was me, if that was Mike and Tony, he probably would have thrown him. He would have thrown him to the snakes and said, go do your thing. <laughs> but you know, Coach Silas is trying to baby him. And I understand that at the same time, you want to, you know, you can't be, okay, I'm going to give him to the Lions one game. Okay, I'm going to keep him in the cage the next day. Keep him outside mm-hmm. the cage next day. I think with Jalen, you got thrown to the wolves every game. You know, uh, put the ball in his hands. Like, hopefully next season, right? Because this is what I mentioned Mike was a coach, right? Even though Mike, you know, wore – he's still a good coach. And this times, you know, he's a bad coach. I don't say a bad coach. About Silas, right? No, I'm talking about Mike and Tony. If it was Mike and Tony, yeah. I think Daniel would be playing a lot much better. Because he just threw him to the wolves. He'd have made, he'd have made sure the ball was in his hand 24-7 alongside with Kevin Porter Jr., right? He'd have been coaching them hard. 
Um, but like I said, Silas wants to walk and prove and get him through the whole process. Like I said, I, I think Coach Silas has one more year with the Rockets, if not another year, depending if we're not in the 11th or 12th seed or we're not, you know, competing the right way. I think they could let him go uh, midway or halfway in, or in the next year, right? Before they give him an extension and bring in Kenny Atkinson or um, not in Kenny, but uh, some coach where they implement that Mike D'Antoni way, but make sure this defense and make sure this positive play, play is going around him, right? But Dude, I just Ken, think Kenny would be awesome with Houston, yeah. bro. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wasn't a big fan of Kenny because of the season he had in Brooklyn. But when somebody broke it down to me, I was like, okay, I understand. And I'm still learning, bro. Like I'm always learning about the game basketball. I'm learning about the coaching. I'm learning about. I suck ass at trade, trade, uh, trading. <laughs> I try not to do that because I'm like, you know what? Like, have I'll talk opinions. about it a little. I let other people handle that. I know yeah, we have I guys just, on our staff that handle that. I'm like, that's a, like, I'll throw in my trade two cents here and there, but. Both will tear it apart, bro. And it's crazy. And I hate that. But uh, I understand. But I just think, you know, Dalen will be fine, bro. I just think this has just got to take time, man. He's a guy where you want to, you know, make, you want to put the arms around him, right? He is the he is the future of the franchise, right? Mm-hmm. And the next guy who you bring in, right? That's the next building block, right? Yep. Uh, so uh, and then the year after that, depending if we don't go on for Zion, which I think we should go on for Zion, uh, in my opinion, and and try to throw Christian Wood out there. But um, uh, yeah, man, uh, that could I think? And here's my take on Christian. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he's a horrible fit on the Rockets, bro. He's just a horrible. Yeah. He's a bad fit, man. And I'll, I'll give him this. I'll give him this. I think with with Christian, what with Christian Wood, what ended up happening is, you know, he saw he signed up to be running pick and rolls with James Harden. Yes, James Harden did what he did, and now Christian Wood's like, well, this sucks. I'm I'm with another, I'm with another rebuilding team because that's what he was escaping in Detroit. He was wanting to come play for. Played with James Harden. Well, mm. and Russ, yeah, he was going to play with James Harden and John Wall. And he's like, yeah, let me go be their big man. And Actually, Russ. It was Russ. It was Russ and James. He was cool with that, right? And I guess not to touch you up, but, dude, that was that was perfect. He's more of a – he's Christian Wood is a third option. He's not a second option. You mm-hmm. know, he's a second option with James. He's not um, – he was more – yeah, I think with, with a lot of – oh, dude, I really liked the lineup we had last year. And it was working for about six, six seven games. And then when Christian went down, and it was just Victor and John. And Victor went down, and it was John, John, and the roster we had, and we just sucked all last year, right? And now we're now we're at where we're at right now. I'm okay with it, right? But I really want that roster where you had John, Victor, and Christian to work out, and everything was going pretty smoothly in the six games. Uh, extension talks were going well with Victor, and we we're going to try to see if we're going to pull him back in, and it just didn't work out. And Christian's just stuck in a bad rock because he got two guys who are still grinning like Dylan and Kevin. I think he'd do good in Memphis because you got guys who are on the go. No, nope. know how to eat. What the hell? Don't want him. <laughs> don't want, don't him. want him. I see the hey. stuff he's pulling in Houston, and I don't want him. Oh my God. Uh, okay. Portland. I'll say Portland. Uh, maybe Boston. Uh, Boston would be good. Yeah, oh, but the fans that was oh, they're worse than us. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to think of fits on the fly for, for that. I think, 
I think New York. No, not New York. Uh, L.A. Either L.A. team would be nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, but you got to pair him with. You got to pair him with like eighty. You got to pair him with eighty. You can't pair him by. You got to make sure he's a third option. He cannot be your second option, right? So there's a lot of teams that can even New Orleans, right? He's a third option. Really, I think Christian Wood would serve perfect in a third option and be an awesome off of that, right? Because he's playing pick and roll. Him and he has to be with a veteran point guard, right? And I think if he's with a veteran point guard, he succeeds. And he doesn't know he doesn't know when to find the shots and how to find the shots, right? And yeah. he's really inconsistent, bro. Like it's just I don't I don't know what to do with him, man. And mm-hmm. Everybody's frustrated, and we're just trying to figure it out with him. And and like I said, I want him to succeed in the NBA. I think he's an NBA player, but I don't think he's a fit of practice no more. Unless you bring in like a, a veteran point guard, you take Kevin. Yeah. And we're not doing that at all. Hell no. Yeah. I yeah. But I let me tell you this. So I I DM'd you about this. There was this uh thing that happened with Rocket's uh Twitter account. Um, and it probably got my blood about as boiling as yours got there with the Christian Wood stuff and throwing Jalen Green to the wolves. And I understand what they've been doing. They've been also pairing this player. They've been doing videos with this player, working with Hakeem Olajuwon, which is super cool. But the downright most disrespectful thing I've ever seen in my life was they ran a side-by-side video highlight reel with Tracy McGrady and Alperin Shingoon. You have Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., hell, Throw Josh Christopher in there, but to do side by side stuff with T Mac and Alper and Shingoon, man, I was that stuff was tripping. But you know, well, what are your thoughts on on uh, Shingoon? He's he's kind of a he wasn't really polarizing coming into the draft, but you know, they had he had fans, he had fans that had him like top five, and y'all got him at oh, sixteen. So. Yeah, they love him here in Houston, bro. They love, they love opposite Goom. I love him. I think he's, bro, he's learning how to speak English. And it's, I'm not in the media room no more. I'm not in the random practice no more. But, you know, to watch him on, you know, my friends, you know, highlights and watch him in the videos. Opposite Goom, man, he's just fitting in. He's trying to fit in. And the people on the team love him. And I think he, I think the Rockets will do better with him starting. I think he's going to start him already and, you know, get Jabari and start, start those two. Oh, man, mm-hmm. I'm watching that. I, I watched him a lottery in my life. This is my third, this is my second lottery I'm watching in my life with the Rockets involved. But Alperin Sagoon, bro, would be just, he's just a perfect fit. He's learning how to be a playmaker. Well, he's always, he's, he's been a playmaker since, bro, when I first watched his highlight film, I didn't know who he was. But I, I asked him a question at drive-bys, playmaker, he's like, I'm gonna get better. Like, bro, we better. You're really good at playmaking. You can do the ball behind your back. You can do the behind, you can do it with your eyes. You got good court vision, you got everything. You got ability to finish the rim. I do want to see Alperin, you know, he's getting more confident with the shooting. He's not hesitating. He's he's getting better in one season, bro. His confidence is getting better every game. And uh, with him, the, I want to see him get better defensively. I thought he was pretty good defensive player in summer league. I think he can still be. Right, I just think he has to know how to, like, you know, get used to NBA speed more. And I think he's done that well now. Uh, Alfred's gonna be fine, man. And the whole video, I didn't pay much mind to it, but I, I get where you come from. You could just did Jalen Green, man. I would have put Alfred next to Hakeem Wajuan or or Yao Ming. Those are two guys I'd have had, you know, 
you know, you know, do in the past. So yeah, man. But oh, I see you had Christopher, Josh Christopher on there, man. Dude, yes. Okay, so Josh Christopher, Jake Gup, that dude was one of my favorite draft guys because I, I had this feeling. I was like, there's going to be a few people in that 2021 draft class that were freshmen that kind of struggled. They're going to slip in the draft because of it, and then they're going to go into the league and kind of show that they're a little more ready than expected. And I thought Josh mm-hmm. Christopher had the chance to be one of those guys. Uh, I had him as a top 20 player on my big board. And, you know, I, I thought – so he's actually – um, Tayshawn Prince is, I think, godson or something like that. And, or yeah, Tayshawn Prince is godson or something like that. I don't know. His family's tight with uh, Tayshawn Prince, who is in the Grizzlies front office. Um, I had gotten word that uh, Josh Christopher came in for a workout um, in, the, er, in the draft process. So I was like, could they end up getting Josh Christopher at some point? And like, at that point, they had the 17th pick. And I'm like, I'm looking at Matras. I'm like, I don't care if he's in the high third or low to high 30s. I would draft this man 17. So I thought he was good. So, and then. Who did y'all get again? Oh, so y'all, y'all got, uh, Zaire I got Zaire. I thought we were getting Zaire. I thought we were getting Zaire. I thought we were getting Zaire. I think you'd have dropped. We would have got him instead of Josh. But, we got, but he didn't drop. So we got Josh. And I was, my friend called it. He wrote an article uh, and he was like, yo, we're going to get Josh Christopher. And I was like, okay, cool. And we ended up getting Josh. And I was excited, man. Like, well, Josh is a good player. I think he, I think he's going to be a six-man of the year type of candidate one day. Um, I think he fits a role off the bench. Um, he could be a starting three. But, and he's a good, he's a really good playmaker, right? Um, you know, he can probably get in, get in the game right now and get about probably three to five assists as a rookie. And that's pretty good, right? Good court vision, able to run the point pretty well. Uh, you know, really athletic. Um, my biggest thing is find his scoring spot when he finds the scoring streaks more. Like, it, there's some games he does have some donuts or he has maybe two or three points or four or five points. And I, I think he's a guy that can go for at least 13, 14 a game in the future, right? Or not 16. He's a guy that can, that can go off, right? So I think when he finds that consistent shooting streak, it's a wrap. So, um, defensively, Josh is really good at that too. Um, he played, he played a pretty good, pretty, pretty good defense on James Harden. Saw that uh, firsthand. He's had some good defensive series. I think uh, he's had an explosive game against really good teams. But I think Josh can be a special guy one day, man. He's a good individual, man. He's always smiling, uh, always happy, you know, very loud. Tell you something funny, bro. So I come into Rockets. Um, I come into uh, uh, Toyota Center, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm coming in for practice. It's just me and a couple of reporters, and I was like, damn, it's just us. Okay, uh, uh, I see a guy, I see Spo, he's worked for like 790 or, or six, I think. Uh, he's giving him interview. And King on Martin is talking to uh, Kaylee Griffin, AT&T Sports, she asked him a question. And Josh is just yelling, music's loud, but he's just yelling. And we're all like, why are you yelling? Like, I was like, why are you so loud? And, Dude, Keon Martin goes, bro, why the hell are you so damn loud, bro? What the, like, what, what do you, why are you so loud for? He goes, oh, like, you're just loud. <laughs> we all were like, yeah, that man is loud, bro. I was like, this dude here is loud as hell. But he's very, a really outspoken guy, a very team first guy, big on team chemistry, 
You know, he defends his teammates. He loved. He was a been and done when he had that bad dunk contest. That's for sure. And that's great support. You know, you need that, man. You need that guy on your other wing when you miss that shot or you miss the wrong pass or, you, you know, you have a turnover but it hurts the game. You need him on the side where he's catching your back and say it's going to be okay. He's that type of guy. Zach, you're further validating how Josh Christopher would have fit with the Memphis Grizzlies in their immaculate vibes. That that's just oh, he didn't hurt y'all. Hit him he right, right deep. Hit him yeah, right deep. Bro, him and him and John Moran would be really tight. I think they were cool too. The they past. are cool. No, so yeah, John. Really cool. Jaw's pretty tight with uh with uh Jalen and Gup. So I, I think he even went to like some high school games back when they played in high school. So depending on the depending on the rookie contract Josh has with the Rockets, you got to watch how Meg though at, at transitions three years from now and see how where Jaw's at, where he's at in his game, and see where he's at in Houston, how much he loves it. But you know, I can easy talk to you like, yo, like if you, you want to come to Memphis, come on hit. We got to watch that. Uh, but I think Jalen's gonna be Houston for a very, very long time. So. But I think uh, Josh will be too, if you know if that doesn't happen with what I just said. But I don't. I think that out of the long, the, the, the two longest players that will stay, I think Jalen Alpin will be here longer than Josh will be. And it's mm-hmm. not me saying Josh don't want to be here or I'm saying he's going to be traded. But I just think I can see Josh playing on a couple of teams in the NBA in his career. Yeah, I think I think Josh is probably a little more expendable. Yeah, and I'm a, I, I believe man. I've seen a lot of players I love. You know, get traded from the Rockets or just other teams, man, and be like, damn, you on that team now? Shit. Yeah. It's weird, right? And I'm okay with it. Uh, it's a business. So you got to do what makes your team better, right? Um, I was like, I don't know. I, I don't know what we were, we were better or the same, but when Robert Covington was, was here, with, you know, they put the pellet down, I was like, damn, hold on, Clint, Robert Covington? And he played out pretty well, man. Definitely fantasy wise, DraftKings wise. Yeah, he got he won me fifty dollars on that. Uh, but man, dude, like I think Josh could be a Grizzly one day, depending on the relationship, you know. And we're, we're gonna wait three, four years. Now, I don't know how to write the contracts with because you got to be basically, you know, how restricted, you know, restricted, unrestricted free agents are. You got to match the deal, and you know, you can't just pick your team unless they match it. I don't know how that works mm. completely, but yeah, yeah. And so I want to I want to wrap up the show here by tying it back into the Grizzlies a little bit, uh, but still keep it uh, rocket space. Just you know, you have I mean we're in the same division, play each other four times a year. But obviously, you're paying attention to what the Grizzlies are doing through your uh, through your work on your Substack. But the Grizzlies, you know, they're as they started they legit started their rebuild three three years ago. Though they got it was Jaws rookie year where it really started. Um, they had that one bad year that led to Jaron Jackson Jr. But for the most part, it took them three years to get to where they are now. And, you know, that it's as uh, I want to quote the Grizzlies GM, progress isn't always a linear. You know, not every rebuild is going to be a three-year quick, you're now a contender kind of deal. Not every team's like that. But as the Rockets, you know, they're trying to make progress in their rebuild um, aside from getting a John Morant, what lesson or what's the main lesson that you want the Rockets to take from the Grizzlies as they're trying to rebuild and usher in this new era? Man, just have an attitude. Y'all have an attitude, bro. We need attitude 24-7. 
Mm-hmm. They all have that dogs in your team, right? Untrained dogs that are going out there and eating teams and talking back to LeBron. And man, I don't know why LeBron was acting like that. He was just mad because y'all were busting his ass. <laughs> some young people were, them, them players y'all can hear busting his ass and they, and they suck and they suck at you. So it's like, damn, like we got these young guys here beating our ass and we're supposed to be teaching their ass lesson. And they over here just going in on us, man. And, you know, you got to give credit to what y'all have there, man. We need you know, y'all have an attitude and y'all have belief. You have the ability to go out there. You know, you've got a team where people take a, think they can take advantage of them. You can't, right? And I don't think nobody had like a, so y'all tell me first year with Jaw was it bad? Was it that bad or what? I can't remember. No, so the first year with Jaw, they were, um, I mean, they, they won, they're a 500 team, I think, and they, Lost in that we, were, we were awful, bro. I wish we were just a five, or close to being a 500 team, bro. And I gotta be asked that question because Damian Little corrected me one time, bro. So I gotta, I gotta make sure because he corrected me. He was like, "Yo, I would never know for the season." Uh, but uh, I gotta, I gotta make sure. But I, I don't, I don't remember Grizzlies ever being as bad as we were. Like, no, well, we they had so they're so the year they got that led them to led them to getting Jaron Jackson Jr. They went 22 and 60, but Mike Conley got hurt um, and just everything went to shambles. Oh, that was a year. Y'all were just bad. Yeah. But yeah, they were that, down. I mean, yeah, it hurt. So, yeah, man. And then uh, they tried to run it back with Mark and Mike and Jaron. And it just didn't work because I don't think Jaron was given the training or he, he was really it was on training wheels that rookie season. He could have been unleashed a little more. But he wasn't. Um, and they relied on mediocre vets too much. So I, I think I think did. when yeah. they really started that Grizz next gen, that's where they kind of like started making more. Even then, they went from like 22 wins, 33. And then the that other one, Jaws first season was like the pandemic shortened season. So it was like 28 and 35. So almost a 500 record. Um 43 wins, I believe, last year. And then hey, now, insane. Hey, before we get up, I got to tell you this, dude. Check this out. So, I think, you know, if Miles, you know, to the right, Miles Bridges. Yeah. If Miles Bridges comes to if Miles Bridges come to uh, Memphis, I think Charlie will go after Christian Wood then. I think it's possible. Will do what? I think Charlie will go after Christian Wood. Nah. They would have to because you lost him. Who lost Miles Bridges? You know, that's oh, piece. Charlotte. Oh, yeah, yeah. They would easily go after Christian. You gave me a – I got him. I got I hit him an article now. I got I got it in my head now. There you go. Awesome. Zach, before we close, is there anything else you, uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, I'm all good, bro. I just want to thank you for bringing me on here. I ended the podcast. And, damn, man, it's a minute. It was good to be on the podcast. There's no one consistently. I might get back to the tune. I just got a lot going on right now. But uh, dude, I want to thank you. It's, it's an it's honor to finally meet you, bro, um, in Memphis, and uh, hopefully we connect in person one day. And it's been, I guess, it's been an honor just to be on here with you, bro. I appreciate that, Zach, big time. And I also appreciate the work that you do. It's always nice to see other people outside of your local people writing on your team. It's really cool. Make sure y'all y'all can go check it out. Go to. Uh, Zach Allen, Z A C C H A L L E N dot substack dot com. He posts a lot of cool stuff. 
can also mm. check out his work at the at the the Dream Shake on SB That's Nation. Nice. Hey, behind you, bro. Which one are you? Are you an Ole Miss or are you an Arkansas? I'm Ole Miss. I'm all, yeah. So y'all y'all can't see it right now, but in my Zoom background, I have a Rebel Ole Miss Rebel sign and an Arkansas Razorback sign in my um. We call it our media room. My sister goes to Arkansas. I went to Ole Miss. So, uh, to, I, I guess with some of my uh, listeners, I'm very not sorry about my team. Um, okay, man. <laughs> Arkansas is potatoes this year, man. They're probably going to be they're better than Texas this year. Texas is, oh, man, it's killing me. They're killing me, man. I went to, I went to UVH. We're pretty good this year in basketball. I would think Texas, man, my, my, my hard team, man, football. Bro, it's been a hard year for me, sport-wise. Hey, it, it's all going to pan out. It's all going to pan out. You're, yeah, you're, bro. you're going to get rewarded for your patience here sooner or later. Hopefully, Texas will give me something, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all make sure y'all can follow Zach at Renzo, the Don, R-E-N-Z-O-T-H-E-D-O-N. Follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, downloading to the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network wherever you get your podcast. And read all of our work at grizzlybearblues.com. Follow us on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. And uh, tune in uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, Joe Molinax and I are be hosting a Spaces for GBB Live. We'd love to have you all there. But in the meantime, that's it. 